This is Laura Duda with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Kyle Armstrong, president of Baylor University Medical Center in Central Region. Kyle, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. There's some really great things you've been doing there at Baylor, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, happy to. So uh, I am a native of Dallas. I was actually born at Baylor University Medical Center. Uh, grew up here in Dallas, went to college at Baylor University in Waco, Texas, and then went to graduate school at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, where I earned my Master's of Healthcare Administration as well as my MBA. I did my administrative fellowship out of graduate school with the Baptist Memorial Healthcare System based out of Memphis, Tennessee. Spent the first eight years of my career with that system, working in a variety of roles at different hospitals with Baptist. And then in 2016, was able to join Baylor Scott & White originally as president of our hospital in McKinney, was there for three and a half years before moving uh, it to Bumsey or to Baylor University Medical Center as chief operating officer. I did that in February of 2020, right before the pandemic started. Uh, served in that capacity for a little over two years before I had the opportunity uh, to move initially as interim and then uh, permanently into the president role last July. Uh, so um, we've moved quite a bit, but I can't tell you how grateful I am to be at Baylor University Medical Center and as part of Baylor Scott and White Health. It's been great to be back home in Dallas for me and my family and it's a wonderful organization to be a part of. Absolutely, wow, that's amazing to hear. And what a time to really be, you know, joining the Academic Medical Center and, uh, you know, having that position at Baylor to lead it through the pandemic. Um, what is something that you've learned over the past couple years um, during that time that's really stuck with you um, and, and helps you think through what it takes to lead during times of uncertainty and challenges like we had during the pandemic? Yeah, you know, I think, I think the biggest takeaway for me uh, was just the caliber of our team here, how grateful I was to work with such a committed and dedicated group of caregivers. You know, it was pretty impressive to see the types of things we could do in a really short turnaround in order to meet the needs of our patients as we're dealing with this new, you know, at the time, novel coronavirus. Um, you know, we stood up, for example, a vaccine hub to provide vaccines for uh, the people of Dallas within basically 48 to 60 hours. It was pretty remarkable. I mean, that certainly happened it was we were in the first year of the pandemic. Um, but working with our engineering colleagues to see them set up something like 90 negative pressure environments in the matter of a few days so that we could safely care for patients. Working with our system leadership to ensure that we had adequate PPE for our caregivers so that they could safely deliver care to patients. Being talented colleagues in our hospital medicine department and our intensive care unit clinicians, you know, basically jump right in with both feet to deal with something that was not well understood at that time. It was really reaffirming um, to be a part of an organization and really to be associated with a group of people that care so deeply about providing care to patients and can be so innovative rapidly to deal with something that's really not well understood. So I, I think to me, it was just to be humbled to work with such great people, um, all rallying around the common cause of providing care during a pandemic. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. And, and now you were able to lead through the pandemic and, and thinking through and looking at the future ahead. What is your growth strategy for the next year or two? 
You know, I think at Baylor University Medical Center, we, we serve as the flagship hospital for our health system in North Texas. And certainly that's a part of the country that's growing dramatically. And, and we are really honored to serve in that capacity and have subspecialty clinical excellence so that we can provide care, not just to the people of Dallas, but to the surrounding area. And I, when we think about growth here, it's a little bit different. We, want, we certainly want to grow as our direct market grows, but we really want to do the complex things very well. Uh, we want to make sure that there is capacity at our hospital to care for patients in outlying areas, either that are served by our health system or not, uh, to provide clinical services to those patients that they might not be able to access in their own backyard, uh, and then you know deliver them safely back home. And so uh, when we think about growth for us, we think a lot about outreach. How can we take our expertise to parts of the state of Texas that uh, don't have it today so that we can treat patients who maybe, um, for instance, have a need to see a hepatologist or a need to see someone in advanced heart failure. Uh, perhaps they have a spinal deformity and maybe adult onset scoliosis and they need to see a scoliosis surgeon that can provide that super subspecialty care to them uh, at our campus here in Dallas. Uh, so a lot of our growth is focused on how we can more ably serve referring institutions and certainly providing those very same services to the people of Dallas um, but doing that in a way that we can also offer it to folks in outlying regions that need care and can't access it where they live. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, when you look at expanding that reach and that access to care, um, is that a lot of, you know, supported by technology or, or are there other areas where you're um, really having to make a few changes and pivots to realize that additional support and, and access for people who haven't had it in the past? Yeah, I think it's I think it's both. I think we certainly can leverage technology. You know, the way that virtual care and virtual visits have largely been adopted, I think is maybe one of the very few silver linings of the pandemic. You know, I think that's something patients are more comfortable with today, uh, perhaps by virtue of their experience during the pandemic. And so that's certainly a platform we can leverage. We also want to have a physical presence in many of these outlying areas. And so ensuring that we have uh, physicians and clinicians that are comfortable visiting these outreach locations, developing relationships with providers in the community, uh, helping socialize the types of services that we can provide to their patients, and then uh, ultimately develop relationships with those patients. I think that's all part of it, and that's going to be both in-person and virtual. Um, and we're fortunate to have a lot of that infrastructure already set up, so we can kind of make it a turnkey operation, make it very easy for patients, very easy for referring providers and ultimately provide a great experience for patients that need that level of care. Well, that's great to hear. And now, could you tell us a little bit more about the most exciting and impactful initiative or project that you're working on right now? Yeah, happy to. So I'm, while I'm at Baylor University Medical Center, I'm so grateful to be a part of Baylor Scott and White Health. And I think that our health system is really a leader in trying to transform what healthcare delivery will look like in the future. Um, there's a huge focus within our health system around uh, something we're calling customer centricity. Uh, and fundamentally, that's about trying to redesign the experience for our patients and customers. I think we would all agree that healthcare today can be uh, kind of episodic in nature. There's friction involved in moving from one stage to the next. And customer centricity, at least in terms of how our health system sees it, it's about creating a more frictionless experience, meeting our patients and consumers where they are, providing obviously in-person care inside of a facility, but also trying to leverage virtual care. 
uh, and things we can do to meet the needs of our patients where they are. Um, working around their schedule. When do they have needs and how can we provide that to them on demand? One example for us today would be using our MyBSW Health app as a way to provide virtual care to patients 24-7. Uh, and so I think as a part of the health system, trying to determine how our hospital can dock into customer centricity is really exciting. I think it's where healthcare is going. I think it's the right thing to do for our patients to make sure that we are meeting their needs on their terms uh, and in a way that provides them a much better experience than I think uh, we've unfortunately historically done within healthcare more broadly. Got it. I think that's such an important part and, and you know, pinpointing the spaces where you're going to be really uh, changing the game for your community um, and continuing to live out that mission. And, and so thank you for talking through that. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I wanted to talk a little bit all about leadership too. What is the most important thing that healthcare executives should do now in order to make sure their organizations are successful going forward? I know healthcare is evolving quickly. The world is changing rapidly, but you know, when you think about leadership, what will the next generation need uh, to, to really keep their um, organizations up and running and really living out their mission every single day? Yeah, it's a good question. I think you get probably lots of different answers. For me, I think, I think our people are central to everything we do. For us to live out our mission, we have to have extraordinarily talented people committed to our mission of healing uh, that want to be here. And we need to continue to reinvest in our people and make them our top priority. And so I think um, from a leadership standpoint, there's a lot of talk around empathy. I think that's incredibly important. I think humility, I think actively listening, you know, truly rounding on the folks at the bedside, understanding what their challenges are, listening to understand how we can remove obstacles and make the work easier, listening to understand how we can get better ideas. What can we do differently than we do today that will ultimately provide better care for our patients and make work easier for our team members? I think all that stuff is really basic, but I think that's the most important work of leadership, empowering the folks that you work with who are incredibly talented, who have a heart for this work, and simply need to be supported to do that. And, and I see that as uh, the role of myself and our entire leadership team. Uh, and to me, to be successful, it, me it means being successful as a team. Uh, and that really means putting our people first. I love that. And I, I think it's just so meaningful, as you said, to, to be able to build and construct that culture of empathy, humility, and, and really listening to the folks who are on the front line. And then you know, being able to be innovative as well. When you are working with the team, especially trying to think through how do we get the best ideas and really making sure that any kind of changes and move for, movements forward are going to be impactful for the team, how do you get them in the space where they can think a little bit differently while still understanding what they need to do every single day to care for patients and, and keep the hospital up and running? Yeah, so I think, I think Baylor Scott & White as an organization has a great culture around departmental huddles. That's something that's not novel. I know a lot of institutions do that, but, but really leveraging those as an opportunity to measure the things that we believe are most important from an outcome standpoint and also measuring the things that are very important to our team members. What are the things that really make life difficult for them how can we improve that? How can we measure it? How can we 
solicit ideas and feedback and then have a platform to close the loop so that they can see, you know what, the idea that you shared with us last week, our department leaders have already put that into place. Thank you so much for sharing it. And so they can see the fruits of their work, how their suggestions can come to life uh, in real time. I think that's so important. So we have these departmental huddle boards that are a, a safe space for all of that dialogue to, to be ongoing. And it really is two-way dialogue. It's there are some things that as an organization we say this is really important. So you could think about uh, hospital-acquired infection prevention. You could think about patient experience on the unit. You know, those are things that we say this is an important marker of how we're doing as a hospital. And we're going to measure that because that's something we all own. Uh, but we also have metrics that will be important to the team, things that will make their life easier if we can move the needle on that. And we talk about those things as well. So it's it's great two-way communication, and it's a great way for us to solicit feedback and then demonstrate how we implement that and the improvements that come as a result of that implementation. That's a great point. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Thank you.